0: Oh, God have mercy. So my subject matter is real simple today. Hallelujah. I could have called this message a lot of things, amen, and probably a lot cooler things than what I'm about to call it, but this is what the Lord gave me, and I learned a long time ago, just do it like I said it, amen, Uh, when it comes to God, and so God told me, remind the people that it's glory time. It's glory time, and then he gave me as a subtitle, watch this now, these words, and they're going to mean something in a little while. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Listen to the text. Didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. We glorify your name. We ask you, Lord God, to bless your word, to minister to your people right now who are here under the sound of my voice, that by the power of the spoken word, someone would leave this place healed transformed, changed, delivered, saved, set free by the power of that word. And we thank you for it in advance in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen and amen. Isn't it funny how sometimes we allow our problems to cause us to forget our promises? I said, isn't it funny sometimes how we allow our problems to cause us to forget our promises? I love the way this text... Uh, Uh, Talks about how Jesus tells these two women, didn't I tell you? He finds himself repeating himself uh, concerning something they were already supposed to know, uh, concerning something that Jesus had already told them. And sometimes it's not that we don't know, it's just that we allow uh, life to happen. And when life happens to us, life has a funny way of causing us to forget even some things that we are supposed to know. Isn't life funny? It's amazing to me because by the time uh, you start figuring life out, most of it is already over. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And, and, it, and sometimes it just seems like I, I just can't have it all together amen Uh, and it seems like uh, just when I get this area right this area over here now needs my attention are you in this place And, and 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 here's the reality it's not all bad it's not that I'm saying that it's all bad but if you were honest in here you could testify that it's not all good either amen somebody I don't need you to be hyper-spiritual right now and say, yeah, it's all good. No, no, no. You can say that by faith. Yes, hallelujah. But uh, if you lived a little while, you begin to understand that life is a mixed bag. Uh, I said life is a a mixed bag. And uh, just at the point where you start getting one of the kids to start acting right, the other one starts to manifest. Anybody? Do I got some parents in the house? I just got one of them to start acting right, and now the other one... Is starting to manifest. I I begin to get my money right finally, and it's going in the right direction, and now this relationship needs my attention, or my relationships are in order, and now my money starts acting funny. Do I got anybody in here who knows what I'm talking about in this place? I'm preaching already. And so watch this. It makes it really hard for you to find your equilibrium. Uh, It becomes very difficult for you to find your balance because it's one thing here and it's one thing there. Do I have a church in this place this morning? Uh, Let me get to this text. The Bible says that Lazarus lived in a place called Bethany. Now, just for uh, those that like to study, Bethany means the house of lack, of the place of poverty, uh, Lazarus is lacking something, and that 's where he is in his life when i When I think about Lazarus even after the resurrection and, and after the disciples do these amazing things, the bible doesn 't tell us anything about Lazarus as it pertains to any great exploits or mighty acts or miracles done uh, through him. The Bible doesn't say that he wrote anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All the Bible lets us know about Lazarus is simply this, that Jesus was his friend. All it says is that Jesus was his friend. When Jesus gets news about his friend, these were the exact words. Lord, him whom thou lovest is sick. It is possible for you to be sick and Jesus still love you. I said, it is, it is possible for you to be sick. Uh, matter of fact, let me put it to you the way I feel it. Jesus loves some sick people. I said, yes, he does. He loves some sick people. And, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not talking about just those who are uh, uh, experiencing some kind of terminal disease like Lazarus or those who are in need of surgery. Uh, you could be sick in your heart. I said you could be sick in your heart. Amen, somebody. You could be sick emotionally. You could be sick spiritually. You could be sick uh, physically. And you could be sick relationally. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You could be sick in your mind. Come on, somebody. But it is possible for Jesus to still love you. You see, because here's what happened. If we're not careful, whenever we get into a situation, the devil tries to plant a seed in in our minds to tell us that that's happening because Jesus does not love you. But Lazarus teaches us that you could be sick and Jesus still love you. You ought to want to praise him just for that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Watch this. Just in case you didn't know. Lazarus in the, in the Greek, hallelujah, which the New Testament was written in, means God is my help. God is my help. In the Hebrew, it's talking about him who God assists. Amen. Watch this. Uh, I'm sick, but God is my help. Uh, I don't have it all together and I'm lacking in an area, but God is going to assist me. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Hallelujah. Watch this. I love what Jesus says in the text. He says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Which leads me to my first point, and I hope it's going to help somebody in here. Put my first point on the screen. Some situations are permitted for glory purposes. Some situations are permitted, watch this, for the purpose of glory. Wonder what would happen if you saw your trouble as an opportunity for glory. Uh, Because oftentimes God would allow a situation, watch this, as an opportunity. Number one, for you to glorify him in that situation or for the purpose of him getting glory for himself Out of that situation. In other words, an opportunity for you to glorify him, hallelujah, or the purpose for him to glorify himself. If you're in here, shout glory. Uh, Listen. It's amazing to me because oftentimes when we, when we think about trouble, uh, most people just automatically believe that the trouble is happening because you did something wrong. But you don't have to do everything wrong to get into trouble. As a matter of fact, sometimes the trouble comes because you're doing things right. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? I'm reminded of a, a, a portion of scripture where the disciples asked Jesus a question concerning a man who was blind a long time. And this is what they said. Jesus, who sinned? Who sinned? Was it him or was it his parents? Because they automatically assumed that if he was in that bad situation, is that because he must have did something wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Jesus answered them and said, neither. This has happened for the glory of of God. If you ever read the story of Job, I love Job. Job is one of my heroes. Love to preach about Uh, Job. The Bible says, watch this, that Job went through a horrible ordeal. You know, you know the story. Lost all his kids, 10 kids. Now you can sit here and act tough and hyper-spiritual if you want to. I'll be a mess if God Allow one of my kids to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But even at that point, hallelujah, having three other kids kind of helps you cope. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when you got 10 kids and lose all 10 kids in one day, that's what happened to Job. And the Bible says, watch this, uh, then he got sick, uh, really sick. Uh, the man was dying. But watch this. The Bible is clear to let us know that in all these things, Job did not sin. Job Did not sin. He kept his integrity and he glorified God in his tough situation. Oh, God. Have mercy in here. And, And here's the thing about Job. And I like this story because God lets us in on a little secret. Amen. Because the Bible allows us to know that in the unseen realm, Job doesn't know this. The Bible lets us know that in the unseen realm, there was a conversation concerning Job's character. I said, in the unseen realm, there was a conversation concerning Job's character. Oh God, Uh, wonder what would happen or how that conversation would go if in the unseen realm, there was a conversation about your character, about your integrity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because watch this, just in case you don't know, you go to Job chapter 1, and it is God who initiates the conversation. And he's speaking uh, to Satan. And Satan finds himself in the presence of God. And God says, where have you been? Because he has to report. Uh, And Satan says, I've been to and fro the earth, seeking whom I may devour. And then God says, watch this, have you considered my servant Job? You're probably thinking, you can leave my name right out of it, God. <laughs> but he said, have you considered my servant Job? Watch this now. There's nobody like him on the earth. God's complimenting the man's character. Are you hearing me? And Satan said, yeah, yeah, I considered him. And I did try to get him, but I ran into his force field. In other words, God, you have him hedged in. You have him protected. Oh, God. God will protect you. Mm. You have him protected. And then he said, watch this. But he loves you because you keep blessing him. But if you stop letting the blessings come down, I guarantee you that the curses will start coming up. Job serves you for stuff. And if you take his stuff away, he will curse you to your face. And it was a conversation about character, about the character of a man, and he is oblivious about the conversation. And so watch this. God tells Satan, go ahead, touch his stuff, but don't touch his soul. In other words, you are limited in what you can do to those I love. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And so, you know, you you know the story, and God allows it, watch this now, for glory's sake. So let me give you my sub-point. Put put my next point up there. It's a sub-point to my main point. Can God trust you with trouble for glory's sake? Can God trust? God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Some of you are having a hard time trusting God because of the trouble you find yourself in. But that's not my question today. Can God trust you with trouble for glory's sake? Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me. Because sometimes God will allow trouble in the life of an individual because God trusts that individual with trouble to glorify God in that situation and make the devil out of a liar. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? hallelujah, to show some people that there are some of us that are not going to go out like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Now, I will submit to you that there are some things that we do bring upon ourselves. Now, I'm not here to tell you, hallelujah, that everything that's to, happening to you is just happening to you because you're doing everything right. I always encourage people to examine whether or not you sowed into what you are experiencing in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm reminded of the parable uh, of the wheat and the tares. You remember that parable, the wheat and the tares? The Bible says that men sowed, watch this, good seed. And then after they finished, watch this, they went to sleep. And the Bible says that while men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. And so there was good seed and bad seed growing together. But watch this. When the men got up the next day and saw the tears, this was the question. Did we not sow good seed? In other words, immediately they examined what it was that they sowed to determine whether this thing came as a result of what they sowed or something else. So you should always examine whether or not you sowed for that that you are experiencing. After they determined we sowed good seed. They said, an enemy, an enemy has done this, as was the case with Job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here so far, shout glory. Glory. Can God trust you with trouble for glory's sake? Things are not looking good for Lazarus. He has a terminal disease, but he has one thing going for him, just one thing. That he has going for him and that one thing that he has going for him is that Jesus is his friend so I came to tell somebody in this place hallelujah watch this it's hard to count out any individual who has a relationship with the Lord I said it's difficult to count out I don't care how bad it looks it's hard to count out any individual who has a relationship with the Lord He's in a bad situation, but he got this one thing going for him, and that one thing is Jesus is my friend. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. When Jesus is your friend, other people will overlook you, forget you, bury you, and put you away. But Jesus will come find you. I said Jesus will come find you. The Bible says that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. We sing it all the time. What a friend we have in Jesus. Hallelujah. Now watch this. With all the disadvantages that Lazarus has, he has a, he's in a situation that he really can't do nothing uh, about. Amen? Have you ever been there? I'm in a situation that I really can't do uh, anything about, so he feels disadvantaged. Have you ever felt disadvantaged? Hallelujah. Have you ever felt like somebody has An advantage over you and partly it has a lot to do with the historicity of your pain. Perhaps it has everything to do with all the pain and the hurt that you've experienced in your life that makes you feel like you are at a disadvantage. It almost seems like other people got a manual for life that you did not get and you are perplexed because it seems like they're doing life but you can't seem to get life together. Do I got some real people in the house today hallelujah and you wonder how do they do it because i can't seem to do it put my next uh, sub point up there very quickly to my first point watch this can god use your life as an object lesson for others can god trust you enough like we mentioned a moment ago uh, for glory's sake to use your life as an object lesson for others Oh, God, help me in here. Because notice, God will use your life to encourage the faith of others and to set others free. If you read this uh, story very carefully, that's what you'll find to be the facts uh, in this particular portion of Scripture. As a matter of fact, when Jesus told his disciples, watch this, Lazarus is sleeping, but I'm going to wake him up. His disciples thought he was talking about, you know, napping. And so his disciples said, well, if he's sleeping, then he's going to be all right. We don't got to go over there. And then Jesus, you know, he's like, these guys, they just don't get it. So let me just flat out say it. Lazarus is dead. And then he said, watch this. And I'm glad Mary and Martha didn't hear this. But then he said, and I'm glad. You check your Bible. And I'm glad for your sakes to the intent that you will believe. Because I'm using Lazarus' life as an object lesson to minister to you. Ooh, God help me here. And to set the religious free. I'll talk about that in a minute. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when you read the story carefully, his men get encouraged and many Jews believed and got set free because of this particular story. If you're still with me, shout glory in this place. Can God use your life as an object lesson for others? Just because he waits does not mean he doesn't love you. Just because Jesus operates on his own timetable and his own timetable is not your timetable, does not mean that Jesus does not love you. Uh, Love waits on purpose. I wish I had time. Love waits on purpose. If Jesus waits, know that he waits on purpose. If I don't come when you think I should have came, know this about me. I have a purpose. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Hallelujah. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to use your life so that when I'm done with you, everything connected to you is going to get a better understanding of who I am. Oh, God, help me in here. I'm using your life as an object lesson so that when I'm done with you, everything and everybody connected to you is going to get a greater understanding of who I am. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Can God use your life as an object lesson? Or can you be honest in here and, and, and have, have, have said to Jesus what I have said to him at times? Amen? Can I be real in here? Uh, have you ever gotten in the presence of God and said, God, just pick somebody else, please? You want to use somebody as an object lesson? You already used Job. We don't need no more object lessons. Job is in the Bible. You don't need another Job. That's why we have Job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pick pick somebody. Pick somebody else, not me, because oftentimes when he uses your life, and you know, the, the crazy thing is that before you prayed that prayer, you prayed, God, use me. <laughs> and so God is using you, except that he's using your life as an object lesson for others. Oh, he's going to get glory out of your life. But what that means is that you might have to go down before you come up. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? God is saying, I'm going to strategically position you where everyone connected to you is going to count you out. Because I'm not looking to get just a little bit of glory. You see, if I go to Bethany while Lazarus is alive and heal him, I'll get glory. But if I let him die and then raise him from the dead, then I'm going to get a whole lot more glory. Hallelujah. So understand that if God is waiting, he's waiting because of more glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I don't come when you wanted me to come, hallelujah, it's because I'm going to get a lot more glory out of that situation than you think. Hallelujah. When that thing is all said and done, hallelujah, I'm not just going to get some glory. I'm going to get all I'm going to get all the glory. Oh, God, if you believe that in here, shout glory. Because that's what you're about to see. That's what God sent me into this place to tell somebody in this place. You are about to see his glory. Somebody should have said, that's my word right there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me give you my second point. Put my second point up there real quickly. Hallelujah. I got to move. God can call you out of something you can't get yourself out of. Let me say that one more time. I said, God can call you out of something you can't get yourself out of. Woo. And I, I chose my words very carefully. I didn't even say that he can pull you out. I said he can call you out. Because he's so powerful, he doesn't even have to get in it. While wow, you read this story carefully, hallelujah, he didn't go in the tomb to pull the man out. Hallelujah, he called them out. He's so powerful, hallelujah. He said, I don't have to get in the mess. I can just call you right out of the mess with my words. I, I don't, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty, and that's why I came into this world, hallelujah. But I don't have to get my hands dirty. I'm powerful enough to just speak, and whatever I say, God can call you out. I w- that's my testimony. I wish that was someone else's. God can call you out. Of something you can't get yourself out of. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. God. God said, I'm going to strategically position you in a place where everybody's going to count you out. And then I'm going to show up. And I'm going to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. So that I can get the glory. At the end of the day, this ain't even about you. This is about me. If you're blessed in here, shout glory in this place. Oh, God. You know, when you understand that about God, when you begin to understand, hallelujah, that if God lets me go through, he lets me go through for a purpose. And when you understand that all things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And and when you understand that these light afflictions that are but for a moment are working for me a far more exceeding weight of glory, you begin to get a little attitude, hallelujah, even in trouble, hallelujah. It's almost like you could begin to smirk or smile in trouble because you don't just have problems, you have blessed problems i said i don't just have problems i have blessed problems hallelujah my problems are working for me my god is intentional don't make me sing it in here hallelujah he's intent let me stop. are you hearing what i'm saying church He is intentional. And so when problems come, hallelujah, I get this little chip on my shoulder. I'd like to believe it's part of of my faith, hallelujah, that already starts declaring while I'm in the midst of it, I'm getting out of this. I'm getting out of this. And it does not matter, hallelujah, who's talking about me. The Bible says that people were already, already consoling uh, Martha and Mary concerning Lazarus. And I, I don't even care if people are talking about my family to my family members about me and saying, I'm sorry about what happened to your brother. Well, I'm sorry about what's happening to your brother. I'm ha- sorry about what's happening to your husband. I'm sorry to hear about what's happening to your kids. Hallelujah. you need, you. you, you kind of got this attitude about you. Hallelujah. You know how you are when people start talking about people you love? <laughs> that y'all too cute for me. Hallelujah. You can talk about me, but don't start talking about my children. Don't start talking about people I love. Don't talk about my wife. Ooh, let me stop. <laughs> and it's almost like you got an attitude. That said, nah, Don't write them off. It ain't over until God says. I said it ain't over until God says it's over. I'm sorry to hear about that situation. It really stinks. Hey, don't let the stink fool you. Don't let the stink fool you. Hallelujah. Because when God is finished, he's going to get some glory out of this situation. Hallelujah. Woo. But I know, I know what some of you are thinking. Now, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Can I help you in here? I've been there. Have you ever, listen, have you ever felt, I, I just feel like being real today and transparent. Have you ever felt like God has overestimated you? Uh, yeah. Okay, let me help you understand that. You know, because we have this scripture in the Bible that we hold on to, and it's a scripture that says that God will not give you more than you can handle. Amen, somebody? But have you ever felt like God overestimated you? I don't know about you, hallelujah, you can act cute if you want to, but I've been in the presence of God where I've said, God, you got me confused with somebody else. Because this thing is heavy. You got me confused with somebody who's much stronger than I am. You got me confused with some professional wrestler or something, hallelujah. Because, listen, oh, man, I need somebody to be real, Uh, somebody who has been in the presence of God and prayed like this. God... If we are playing the game, let's find out how much Edgar can take. Let me help you in here. I am right there, right now. I'm at the place where if one more thing, oh, you know, if one more thing happens, if, if I get one more piece of bad news, hallelujah, you get to the place where you don't even want to pick up the phone because you, 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 the phone rings and you're like, because you're scared that if you pick it up, you're going to get uh, just a little bit more. Bad news, and you're at a place where you're taking all the bad news you want to take. And if one more thing happens, hallelujah. Uh, I mean, See, this ain't going to work for the hyper-spiritual. This will only work for real people, hallelujah. Have you ever got hit so hard, hallelujah, that you didn't know how to pray? Yeah. See, I, yeah, see, yeah. I know what some of the spiritual people are thinking. Yeah, but listen, when you don't know what to pray, you just pray in tongues. But you just keep living, hallelujah, and you'll find yourself in a place, hallelujah, where you get hit so hard, you were scared to open your mouth. And you had to sit there and be still because if you opened your mouth, the words that were, were going to come out were not going to be tongues. And so you sat still in the presence of God. Have you ever sat still? in the presence of God because you really didn't know what to say and you really didn't know how to pray. Put my sub point up there because this is going to help somebody in here. Have you ever been hit so hard you couldn't access your faith? See, you're not going to say nothing in here. I said, have you ever been hit so hard that you couldn't access your faith? Now watch me. I'm not even saying that you don't have any. There might be a little residue in there left, what the Bible calls a little faith. Uh, But you got hit so hard, you didn't know how to access your faith. It got quiet in church. Jesus said concerning Lazarus, where have you laid him? In other words, he has been positioned in a place where he can't help himself when you find yourself in that position, it becomes very difficult for you to access your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hmm. And I'm amazed at how fast people who know the Lord, you got to understand, Mary and Martha know Jesus. The Bible is clear in the beginning of this story to tell us that she was the one that anointed his feet. With that ointment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not talking about uh, uh, outsiders. We're talking about somebody whom Jesus went to visit regularly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are people who spend time with Jesus regularly. Mary is a worshiper. And Martha works real hard in the ministry. Are you hearing me? Watch this. So Jesus says, where have you laid him? As to say, why so quick to bury what I love? You could not even wait for me. You just, you waste no time wrapping them up in grave clothes and putting them in the tomb. As to say, it's over. Hallelujah. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you were so low, you could not access your own faith. And right after you hung out with Jesus. I, oh, God, have mercy in here. Because the Bible, listen, speaks about Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house more than any other house as it pertains to where Jesus hung out. Or where Jesus went. Hallelujah. Just finish hanging out with Jesus. And I'm still sick. Y'all not gonna say. It. I, I tell you, I'm mess with somebody's theology before I leave today. Just hung out with Jesus. Still sick. Just hung out with Jesus. But I'm frustrated. Y'all not saying nothing. Just hung out with Jesus. But I'm down. And I'm out. Just finished hanging out with Jesus not so long ago. And I'm disappointed. And people are looking at you like. You are done. And they're counting you out because you're not exemplifying great faith at that moment. He can't access his faith because he can't get himself out of what he's in on his own. Wonder if you've ever been there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me give you another sub-point very quickly. Maybe somebody can help me out and say, I've been there, Pastor. Has your heart ever been so hard? It hindered the hearing of the word. Have your heart, (laughs) has your heart ever been so hard? I'm not talking to non-believers now. I'm talking to believers. Has your heart ever gotten so hard because of circumstances? Understand, Mary and Martha, they're not liking what's going on right now because, watch this, this is the problem with the text. They sent word to Jesus. It's not that they didn't pray. It's not that you didn't pray. But what do you do when you pray? And you don't get an answer when you thought you should have got an answer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What do you do when God's not moving fast enough for you? And Jesus, is in essence, is saying, I heard your prayer the, the day you sent it up, but I waited on purpose. God, have mercy in here. Hallelujah. And if you're not careful, that'll affect your heart. Listen to how they're talking to him. If you would have been here, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. If you would have been here, and that that if you would have been here is basically saying, you're too late. Jesus, you're too late. Jesus, you're too late. I prayed about it, but now you're too late. Can I help you in here? God can never be late. The God who made time cannot be late. Whenever God shows up, that is the right time. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah, Jesus. But how many of you know that your heart could do a number on you? That's why the Bible calls your heart deceitful. Deceitful. Let me tell you, a hard heart will not only hinder your hearing, it will cause you to forget the revelation you already have. Y'all not saying nothing in here. Some of you said, please give me some substance on that. Let me give it to you very quickly. John the Baptist watches Jesus get in the muddy waters of the Jordan and declares, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He knows who Jesus is. He has a revelation on who Jesus is. Right? But then he ends up in jail. He ends up in jail. And if being in jail is not enough, hallelujah, Jesus... Don't come visit him when he's in jail. And something starts to happen to John's heart. To the, point, to the point, watch me now, where he tells his men to go to Jesus' men to ask the question, is he the one or should I look for another? And a moment ago, it was clear. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. But then I get in trouble. Jesus don't visit me. My heart gets hurt, and the question is, is he the one? And my heart is in a situation where I'm losing my own revelation. Before I got hurt, he was the Lamb of God. Now, I'm feeling some kind of way, and I'm wondering if he's still the Lamb of God. Y'all not saying nothing in here, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. And in the same way, hallelujah, blockage affects blood flow as it pertains to the heart. Hallelujah. From a spiritual perspective, it affects word flow. It affects word flow. Amen. You, your hearing is hindered when your heart is hard. Do I got anybody in here who would say, I know that's right. Hallelujah, Jesus! Watch this. But Jesus is amazing in that He removes the hindrance. He removes the hindrance. Watch this now, and He speaks into the cave. Hallelujah! And I lo- I, I like the women because the women say, "Whoa, whoa, what?" Because He said, "Remove the stone, get the hindrance out of the way," because I'm about to open up my mouth. Watch this. And they said, they said, Master, it's been four days, and it stinks. This thing is so bad, it stinks. And Jesus, in essence, is saying, it doesn't matter how long it's been. I'm about to send my word in there. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. And what you need to understand about my word is that my word transcends time. I said my word transcends time. As a matter of fact, it was my word that made time. And the evening and the morning was the first day. My word made time. Listen, my word, watch this, spoke to nothing. And nothing became something after I spoke. Hallelujah. You know. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Hallelujah. When I speak, my word never returns unto me void, but it does that thing upon which I send it to. Understand, hallelujah, if I send my word in there, something's going to happen. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Something is going to happen. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not just going to send my word. I am the word. I am the word. Listen, if anybody else speaks in there, nothing is going to happen. But when I speak, something is going to happen because my words are both spirit and life. And it ain't going to matter how dead that thing is. Hallelujah. When I speak to it, my word has the power to bring that thing back to life. Are you in this place? Anybody in here understand the power of God's word? Hallelujah. Oh, God. Have mercy. Hallelujah. Watch this. God can call you out of something you can't get yourself out of. Look at somebody real quick and tell them, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. Hallelujah. Uh, If you're not in something right now, then speak by faith. Can you just keep living? (laughs) I'm coming... Out of this, hallelujah. People said it's over. People said that's it. People said it stunk, hallelujah. People buried me, put a rock over it, hallelujah. But at the sound of his voice, I am coming. Out of this, hallelujah, despite all the other voices that have spoken and have me out for dead. When he speaks, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice and as strangers, they will not follow. When I speak in there, Lazarus is not just anybody. He's my friend. When he hears my voice, he's going to recognize it. When he recognizes it, he's going to obey because he is my friend. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm coming out. I'm coming out. If, if, If Lazarus could testify today, he would say, that thing had me until he spoke. That thing had me until he spoke. Hallelujah. Death tried to hold me and death tried to keep me back. But the word of the Lord was come forth. Somebody shout progression. Ah, the word of the Lord was come forth. Listen, this thing tried to hold me and tried to keep me down. But the word of the Lord was come forth. Woo! In other words, watch this. I'm using your life as an object lesson because I trust you. Like Job who said, though he slay me, yet will I still trust him. I could be dying and going down, but I'm going to go down trusting in Jesus. And Jesus, in essence, is saying, when I finish with you, Lazarus, people are going to know that I'm not just a healer. When I finish with you, people are going to know that I'm not just a deliverer. When I finish with you, watch this, people are going to know that I'm not just a way maker. When I finish with you, they're going to know that I'm not just a water walker. When I finish with you, they're going to know that I'm not just a bread maker. You don't hear what I'm saying. When I finish with you, they are going to know, hallelujah, that I'm not just a fish multiplier or a storm calmer. Hallelujah. When I finish with you, they're going to know that I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, God, anybody know him to be the resurrection? You had to been dead, hallelujah, to know. I got to move. Are you blessed in here? Shout glory. God is about, I'm, I came to tell somebody in here, God is about to bring you out of the thing you couldn't get out of yourself. I might not be for everybody, but I know that's for somebody because I tried to avoid this text and he kept bringing me back to it. So I know this word. It's for somebody in this place. Somebody is coming out. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me in here. Somebody's going to be able to testify. I might still be wrapped up in stuff. Hallelujah. I still might not even be smelling right. Hallelujah. But at the sound of his voice, by the time he is done revealing his glory in my life, everything and everyone connected to me is going to see the power of God's word over my life. They're going to see his faithfulness toward me and the fact that he did not leave me nor forsake me. Somebody's about to testify. Woo! Hallelujah. You count me out if you want to but I'm going to warn you you should wait, you should wait you should wait until the last chapter, hallelujah, of the book of my life is written before you start counting me out, hallelujah. I hear God saying I heard Mary's prayers I heard Martha's prayer, I heard the prayers of those that worship and I heard the prayers of those that work hard in the ministry but you don't know what I'm after I'm after glory and it's for glory's sake that I'm waiting and I had to wait for enough people to give up on you and I had to wait for enough people to say it's over so that when i step in and i pull you out nobody nobody's gonna be able to take credit for it i'm gonna get all the glory you're not even gonna be able to say it was your great faith hallelujah i'm gonna mess with you hallelujah i'm gonna get all the glory so that when you come out of depression And you come out of anxiety. And you come out of stress and worry. And you come out of that sickness. Hallelujah. It'll be because of my assistance. Lazarus. God is helping you. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. Let me give you my last point. So I can land this plane. Oh boy. Sometimes. Now I'm not talking to unbelievers again. Because if you're an unbeliever, you're going to have to believe. You're saved by grace through faith. I don't need the scholars calling me. Watch this. Sometimes you don't get out. Watch this now. Because of your faith in God. But because you have a friend in Jesus. Because we just learned a moment ago that sometimes in life you can get hit so hard that you can't access your faith. See, and you had to live a little while to know what I'm talking about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hit so hard, you had a hard time. Listen, it's not that you quit. It's not that you backslid, amen. And it's not even that you're not in the church, but you're having a hard time accessing what little faith you have left oh God. Jesus on one occasion watched, Peter on one occasion told uh, Jesus told Peter step off the boat and Peter starts walking on water by faith and his eyes are focused on Jesus but here comes the storm anybody ever been in one and the storm causes Peter to look towards it when he takes his eyes off Jesus and looks at the storm he begins to sink amen somebody And watch this, so it's obvious now that he's not walking in great faith. Watch this, because he's lost his focus. Ever lose your focus? I need some real people in here. And now he's focused on the storm, and because he's focused on the storm, rather than Jesus, he is going down. But while he's going down, he said, Jesus! And the Bible says that Jesus reached for him, watch this, and picked him back up, and then told him, Why did you doubt? You know what he was telling him? I didn't come get you because of your faith. I came to get you because you're my friend. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. You don't hear what I'm saying in here. Hallelujah. Because he wasn't at his best as it pertains to his faith at that moment. Oh, you don't hear me. I need real people in here today. Do I got some? You can sit here and act hyper-spiritual and tell me that your faith is always up here. Or you can be honest and say, I've been hit. I've been hit so hard. Who am I talking to? It might just be one person, but the word is going to find you. It's going to find you. It's going to find you today. It's not going to return unto God empty. Hallelujah. Woo! I came to tell somebody in here, God is about to confuse the devil who has been confusing you. I say, God is about to confuse the devil that has been confusing you. Oh, God. At the same time, hallelujah, you have a man named Thomas who said, watch this with his own words. If I don't see his hands, if I don't see, hallelujah, the scar, I am not going to believe. Seeing or sight is the opposite of faith. The just shall live by faith and not by sight he is not walking in faith and yet jesus comes in the room you don't hear me and says look at my hands and look at my side and you know what he's telling him i didn't come to you today because of your faith i came to you because you're my friend Oh, God, help me in here. Somebody ought to give God 15 seconds of praise just for being God's friend. Hallelujah. He told his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but friends. Hallelujah. Abraham was the friend of God. When I finish with you, the devil is going to have a fit. I said, when I finish with you, the devil is going to have a fit, hallelujah, because he thought he had you pertaining Lazarus he thought he had him you don't hear what I'm saying he was so down and it was so bad that the enemy was convinced that he had him hallelujah he's going to have a board meeting with all his little demons and all his minions and he's going to have a meltdown and he's going to flip out and he's going to be smacking some demons and and charging them with how in the world did you let him go and how in the world did you lose him we had that heart hallelujah we had that mind you don't hear what I'm saying, hallelujah we had that marriage we had that addict, hallelujah how in the world did you let him go that is impossible, hallelujah until one of the demons gathered enough courage to say but master you even know that with God all things are possible Woo. We had him. He was without faith. We positioned him so low that he couldn't even ask. He couldn't even access his faith. Hallelujah. But he had a friend in Jesus. Oh, God, help me in here. And you might be in here under the sound of my voice. And you don't got a whole lot working for you. But you got this one thing working for you. Jesus is your friend. Hallelujah. If Lazarus was here, he would tell you, I didn't get delivered because of my strength. And I didn't get delivered out of my own ability. I got delivered because I got a friend in Jesus. Are you in this place, church? It was not my own power. It was not my own strength. And it was not my own ability. My friend came looking for me. Woo! Someone is going to testify. I was stuck in a situation so bad it stuck. I couldn't see... My way out. Oh my God. Hallelujah. It ain't going to matter how long it's been when his word hits you. Up until now, you might be under the sound of my voice. And your heart is hard. Your, your, Your heart is hard. Hallelujah. And it's been like. The word has been bouncing off of you. Hallelujah. But not today. I came in the name of Jesus to remove, hallelujah, that stone. And when God speaks into your cave today, you coming out. Oh, God, you don't hear me in here. Some of you don't understand how powerful God's word really is. Can I mess with you a little bit? The Bible says he's standing outside of the mess. And he said, watch this, Lazarus. And here's what you got to understand. And, you you know, pray for me because I am a little bit crazy. But I don't think he was even looking in the direction of the cave when he said it. The Bible doesn't specify. The Bible doesn't specify. But you have to know what Jesus knows. What Jesus knows is that the body is dead. It's been in the tomb now four days, which means that the spirit is no longer in the body. And if you read your Bible carefully, the Bible says, watch this, that before Jesus called him, he looked up. It said he looked up. And the Bible says that he said, God, I thank you that you hear me every time I pray. God help me in here, hallelujah. So I'm not doing this, hallelujah, for the sake of myself. I'm doing this for the sake of all these people that are standing here so that they can believe. And the Bible says, hallelujah, that then he said, Lazarus. It did not say that. Then he looked into the cave or redirected his vision into the cave. Some scholars will argue that because he said "come forth," at that point he may have been looking in the direction of the cave. But I would dare say, if I if if I gave uh, the scholars the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, maybe he was looking at the cave when he said "come forth," but I guarantee you, he was probably not looking at the cave when he said Lazarus, because he wasn't speaking to the body; he was speaking to his spirit and his spirit had already left the body you don't hear what i'm saying hallelujah and it don't matter how far the spirit was from the body I don't care where the spirit was. We can argue if it went up. We can argue if it went down. We can argue if it was in the bosom of Abraham or it was in paradise. We can argue. Most callers are arguing that right now. All I know is that when Jesus called that spirit, that spirit, wherever it was, had to obey the voice of Jesus and said, I got to go back, I got to go back, I got to go back, I got to go back. I know Jesus is more humble than I am. If it was me, I probably would have turned my back to the cave and said, Lazarus! Until his spirit would have went back into the body. And then I would have looked at the cave and said, come forth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, you don't understand the power of God's word. Therefore, they four days. You want to know why? I got to quit. You want to know why four days? Because the Sadducees, God is so gracious. The Sadducees were a sect that were a little different than the Pharisees. And the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And the Sadducees also believed that the spirit of a man stays in a man for three days. So God said, I'm not just going to encourage my men. I'm going to set some religious people free. So I'm going to wait till the fourth day when they believe that the Spirit already left the body so that when I raise them up, they're not going to say, oh, it was because he automatically came back. The devil is a liar. Now you have to say he's dead. Now you have to admit that the Spirit left the body. But the Son of Man has power to lay down life and to pick it back up. I gotta quit. Are you blessed in here? Lazarus could testify today of being in that dark place and hearing his name. Could you Could you imagine four days? His body already began to decompose, corruption set in, rigor mortis. What's doing what it does? But then his spirit came back into his body, and Rigor mortis could not continue. But Rigor mortis got reversed. Corruption got reversed. Can't help me in here. And his body waxed warm, and the dead man oh, I wish I was there to see it, like something right out of a movie, just. Rose up. Lazarus! Ooh. What does Lazarus mean? God is my help. I can't do this on my own, but God is helping me. Assisting me. Lazarus! Oh, God help me. Watch this. The Bible says, real clear, he's still got bandages on. And he has a napkin over his face. Lazarus could testify. I heard my name being called, but I could not see where I was going. But I heard him say, come forth. And even though I could not see, I could hear. And even though I was wrapped up still, I decided to follow The voice I heard, oh God help me in here, somebody's coming out of it, you don't hear what I'm saying, hallelujah, and I don't care if you're still wrapped up, and I don't care if you still ain't got your vision back, and I don't care if your vision is blurry right now, I came to tell somebody at the sound of his voice, just hop to it, just determine I'm coming out of here, my exit might not even be pretty. But I'm coming out, hallelujah. If I gotta hop out, I'm coming out, hallelujah. If I gotta crawl out of this cave, I'ma crawl out of this cave. If I gotta worm my way out because of the stuff that's still on me, I'm coming out, hallelujah. If I gotta roll out, I'm rolling out. Woo. Using your life as an object lesson to encourage the brethren. When I get you out, your testimony is going to encourage the people of God. But I'm also going to deliver the religious. God have mercy. I'm also going to deliver the religious. Notice what he does when he removes the stone. The Bible says many Jews believed. They could not believe while the stone was there. Why? Jesus is saying, oh, this is deeper than you think, saints. Jesus is saying the stone had to be removed. Because it was what you got on Mount Sinai on tablets of stone that hindered you. And so I have to remove the law or you don't hear what I'm saying so that you can come out. Jesus was teaching the religious people. Lazarus did not get free because of religion. Lazarus got free Because of relationship. He was teaching the religious. You will never be able to get yourself out. You're going to need a friend in Jesus oh God, I wish I had somebody in here that could testify. I remember when life hit me so hard I couldn't access my own faith and I found myself in a cave and I found myself in a dark place but God sent somebody to me who had Jesus on the inside of them and because of my friend's faith sometimes when you can't access your faith you need to hook up with somebody who got some faith hallelujah so that if you can't access your own you can access somebody else's faith hallelujah my friend helped me get out I wonder if I got somebody in here that can testify and thank God for a friend somebody who knows Jesus who helped me get out hallelujah I was lost. I was confused, and God sent somebody. Are you blessed, church? Are you blessed, church? Woo! It's communion time. Woo! It's a good time to take communion too. Because Jesus is my friend. And sometimes when he got me out, it wasn't so much because I was at my best as it pertains to my faith. Don't misunderstand me. I know what the Bible says, that without faith it's impossible to please God. I'm not talking about the faith you need to come to him to receive salvation. I'm talking about when life hits you so hard, you can't access even the little bit of faith you have left. But he comes for you anyway, because he has a plan, and his plan is that he's going to get much glory out of your life, so when trouble comes, don't get discouraged. When he don't come on time as it pertains to your timetable, don't get discouraged. If he's waiting, it's because he has a purpose. And chances are the purpose is glory. I'm after glory. It's glory time. You're going to see the glory of God. I said, you're going to see the glory of God. And then he's going to say, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? That's a word for somebody. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? You are about to see my glory. You're about to see the glory and God is about to get His glory. You want to testify. He told me, he told me, He told me, oh, somebody's hearing it. I tell you, hallelujah. I tried to overlook this scripture, and all I kept hearing is, didn't I tell you? Didn't tell you? And it was almost prophetic in my mind. That's what you're going to be saying, hallelujah, when you see it, when you see it, when you see it. He told me, he told me to, he told me. Somebody shout, I receive it. I receive it. The glory of God. Over my life. I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it.